Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Nice to see you. I can see all of you. You're all wearing funny hats, and you're waving your arms frantically like uh, you're in some sort of trouble. Well, don't worry about it. Uh, Trouble will take care of itself. You'll be fine. I'm happy to be uh, still in California right now. I'm in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. Nice breeze coming through the window. But I had to close the window because there's a lot of helicopters and children uh, screaming. So there you go. But I'm in a nice place, nice house here in Silver Lake. And uh, this episode I'm really excited to introduce because uh, it's uh, my first uh, international guest, that not including America. He's all the way from the UK but now resides in Los Angeles. It's Matt Kirshen. Matt Kirshen is a hilarious stand-up that I uh, met before at the Bridgetown Festival in Portland. And then we did a podcast here together in Los Angeles. And look him up online if you haven't seen him already. He's been on a ton of TV shows doing stand-up. And uh, his stuff is super smart, super funny. We had a great time. I'm not going to do a huge long intro because I just want to get right into it. And also, uh, i got to put pants on because it is kind of starting to get chilly out. And uh, that breeze was actually chillier than I thought. So I'm going to put pants on while you guys, wherever you are, hopefully... Uh, you're not in too much trouble. You've got pants on, and uh, you've got some sort of also uh, nice tea. Maybe you're drinking a nice green tea somewhere, and the sun is shining. Enjoy this podcast with Matt Kirshen. You're going to love it. Here it goes, starting right now. Enjoy. So there you go. Never be more focused in my life. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming over and focusing so hard in my Airbnb apartment. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a water sprinkler that's just gone outside on our, outside the window, and then oh please, it's drawing some focus. Now. Yeah, try not to pay attention to that. <laughs> I know it's beautiful. I'm still 90 percent focused on you, but 10 percent is off to the side. You know what? Story of my life. There's always a sprinkler uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking me in and out of trouble. You know, it's a beautiful summer's day. <laughs> nothing more tempting than a sprinkler. Um, you know what? It's not a sprinkler at all. It's a it's an older Hispanic man with a hose. <laughs> I think we call them sprinklers, right? <laughs> Californians call them sprinklers. <laughs> um, you said summer day, but guess what? You're like me. We're not from here. No. It's not actually the summer. It's not at all, is it? It's, it's not even still... the spring yet, I don't think. I think it is. It's, we're, we're into March. Sorry. Yeah, we're yeah, into March late, now. Mid-March. That's spring. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to um, Matt Kirshen try to figure out the seasons here in California. <laughs> this is Super season funny cast with a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Seasons with Chris and Matt. Um, we Matt, just, um, it's a podcast where you can write in with any months you have queries about, and we'll tell you what season they're in. Be sure yeah. to specify what hemisphere you're in. To, yeah, please, uh, yeah, be uh, specific about what type of bugs are in your house. Yep. That always helps. <laughs> I don't want to be burnt that time they were in New Zealand and, you know, it said January, and we were pretty confident about winter, but we oh, yeah, those people, couldn't have been more wrong. Those people died. Yeah. <laughs> they went outside in big coats, right? Yeah, snowshoes. <laughs> got scorched by the sun. They drowned. They yeah. drowned at a lake. Yeah. It's like... Oh, Everyone went swimming. Could, what idiots. <laughs> they were wearing their parkas. I mean, Anyways, we apologize to idiots. <laughs> you've got to... All I'm going to say, if you, if, don't get all of your seasonal advice from this brand new podcast. <laughs> We're just that we're here for entertainment value only. People who are really messed up about seasons, though, they are waiting. They've been waiting for a podcast just like this forever. That's the thing. You got to find your niche. You Before know, you gotta... podcasts even exist, they were like, "Isn't there something I can listen to?" Yeah, 
<laughs> and and but most people won't be interested in this show, but there'll be a handful of people. Multiply yeah. by the population of the world. That's a lot yeah. for whom this podcast is going to, like, we're going to be huge in the seasonal discrimination world. I'm really excited. And you know what? They definitely come out of the woodwork the right. more it gets uh, discussed. Well, particularly if they know it's going to be temperate. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'll come out of the woodwork if it's uh, summer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm staying well inside my woodwork. <laughs> you just stay inside my woodwork. Uh, I love that. You know what? Okay, so people listening, I got... I was really excited to bump into Matt. We ended up doing, because um, we only know each other peripherally. Yeah, we've done a couple of festivals together. In passings, just from doing stand-up and stuff. But we did a podcast recently for something else. Yep. And then An I was as like, yet unreleased podcast. Right. Yeah. Not like, yeah, the Seasons podcast actually has more listeners <laughs> it does. than this one we did the right other now. day. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I was excited to ask you to do it. I think, thought you'd be great. I like that you're from the UK. Thank you. That's special. Yeah. And because we're in California right now. It's not even 70 million of us. That's how unique we are. Isn't that amazing? There's so many books you guys have over there. It's mostly books of oh. uh, history and then you guys. Yeah, I mean, I just... There's a lot of competition between the humans and the books, obviously. Yeah, the books are winning, right? The books are winning. A lot that of people actually know sounds like a book. Doctor Who episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but oh yeah, what was I going to say? Yeah, so you've been here for a while, though, and you came over in 2007 to do Last Comic Standing. That's right. If we just talk about your stuff for a sec, and then yeah, we'll get into the good stuff. That's what, yeah. that's what got me here. Yeah. Um, and you were on the same year as Deb DiGiovanni. And Jerry D. And they were Jerry the two D. Canadians. Yeah. Were there, I think there might have been a couple of other Canadians in the earlier rounds, but then by the by the finals, it was just Deb and Jerry. Yeah. Both very funny comedians. Yeah, the other Canadians ended up... What happens? You go to Guantanamo Bay or something after? Yeah, I think It's you, pretty brutal. Yeah, and it's not even the show. Like, a lot of people think the show's the people <laughs> who send you there, but actually it's the government of your country. Yeah, they like, choose you. failed you. us. Yeah. Because they see it as a sort of ping-pong <laughs> democracy type thing. They're sending... Yeah. Canadians to Last Comic Standing as an envoy. A test. Yeah. They're like, oh, get out of here. You're not coming back. You, built, you failed to build those bridges. Yeah. What's this orange jumpsuit for? Oh, nothing. Just, just take it with you. It's <laughs> just a gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a gig. Yuck, yuck, Guantanamo. Oh, man, I wish I did start that. Now I feel bad for real people that are there. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> they just should have been funnier. That's all. That's what happens. Um, I, I'm not sure that's... Uh... <laughs> that's how content of my happy. <laughs> Your voice just gets higher. <laughs> that's it. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was. Did you have fun doing that? That seems like a weird thing, right? It. Yeah. It's so weird. I, I, I've been asked so many times what the experience was like, and I don't have a good answer because it's you're so in the middle of it, and also it's a combination because it's both a competition and yeah. a TV production. There's so much nonsense constantly going on and you're right. always being taken from one thing to another or waiting for the next scene to be set up or um working out how the competition is going to work later yeah. so you don't really get to take in what's going on it's only after the whole thing when you're like, oh that was a crazy situation yeah uh how many how long had you had you been doing stand-up by that point it's like five to six years so you're still a little like what should I open with? And like yeah, I'm freaking well, out a bit. Yeah, I was definitely my season, but like in our group of ten, they were definitely pitching like me and Amy Schumer was on our season. Okay, and 
Amy and I were, were definitely the underdogs. Like, we were the sort of the green... Like, I had, like, five or six years. Amy had even less, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I'd, I'd been making a living out of comedy for a couple of years by that point, and I'd done my first show at the Edinburgh Festival, so I'd done my first, like, hour show yeah. for the month. So I, I had, in theory, at least an hour of working, like, solid material. Right. And I had five years of... I'm pretty concentrated stand-up as well. Like by that, like that's but the five... show wants you to have like super tight, punchy yeah. segments, right? And I had fairly tight material. Yeah, yeah. But it was it's also working out what works in America, which didn't necessarily like I hadn't I think like even two months later when I'd been touring America for a bit, I would have had twice as much material just because right. I'd written more stuff, but also old bits of material that i hadn't worked out what extra tweaks you need to make to make them work in america right i think i stopped a room cold in san francisco once when i said washroom right because they say bathroom yeah just those little little tweaks like i had i got a, a story and it's a long it's a potentially it's quite a big chunk of material about an argument with a with a friend about this ketchup bottle yeah. that finishes with me accidentally smashing it in his kitchen and and that bit only worked in America once I wrote another piece to explain how everything in America goes in the fridge and that's not what happens in Britain. Yeah. Like, and until I added that little bit, it, the whole story, that was six, seven minutes of material. Oh, really? Does work. ketchup go in a cupboard? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, there we go. See? <laughs> um, in Canada, I guess, yeah, we're ketchup fridge guys. Yeah, so, so <laughs> it, only writing an extra little, only until I wrote that. Like, until I wrote that, none of that bit worked. So I, yeah. And the other thing you don't realize early on, I was burning material like crazy in the early rounds because I didn't ever expect to get through to the next level. So I'm just like, right. oh, I'm going to do the best stuff I possibly have. So I, I didn't ration anything. Wow. So rather than going like, okay, I'm just, I've got this three-minute set. I'm going to do this three-minute piece. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pick the best minute from these five-minute stories. Wow. And then I can't do any of that's 15 minutes of material I've just burned in three minutes. Yeah. So did you kind of take risks with new stuff later on? Or? Newish stuff, yeah. yeah. A couple of little lines here and there. Cool. Um, no, I wish, like, again, with hindsight, I probably should have taken more risks because I, I should have played that angle up a bit more. Um, yeah. That's something... I was talking to Alonzo Bowden afterwards because he won season three. Okay. And season three was just off the back of season two. Like it happened back to back. Okay. So he'd just done all of his material on season two because season three was like a best of. Yeah. So he'd burnt loads of stuff. And then he started doing topical material. He started doing like topical stuff and stuff that was even like related to the competition that the audience has seen that week. Yeah. And the audience loved that because... Who the hell can do that? Like, who? Because Alonso is an incredibly quick writer, yeah, and very, very good at adapting material. So suddenly, everyone else was doing their fifteen-year-old bits because they're dredging their back catalogue. Right. And Alonso's doing stuff that's happened in the news two days ago, and he's got an energy behind it too. Yeah, it's, he's excited about his own new right? stuff, right? Yeah. And it's it, you know, it's, it's TV. Who sometimes energy and enthusiasm and freshness, yeah. actually hits harder than. Twisty right. jokes, twisty material. Yeah, well, sometimes, like, I've never done a, a American late-night show yet, but um, sometimes when you watch some of the new guys go on there, the, you can see that disconnect between the actual love of performing and I'm doing this 
thing I've been working on for two years straight. Yeah, around. and you've been working like this, this material. Bit. Well, also, yeah. it, TV sets can be so... Like, you've done a couple, right? You've I, done Craig Ferguson? Yeah, I've done Ferguson. I did Fallon. Yeah. Um, and um, the, it, the first... I was really happy with my first Ferguson set, but my sister did point out to me that I never moved my arms. <laughs> like, so like, now what do you do? I'm just very, wave your arms? I'll, I'll just gesticulate a bit more, because that was... Um, yeah. Fallon, I had a mic, but Ferguson, you're just on the lapel mic maybe i saw that one I, and i did watch you on ferguson what bits were you doing on the first one the first one i did a bit about having an eye patch as a kid i saw it okay and yeah i think i might have thought that too right like oh he's just really stuck up there like yeah in a way. i was very happy with the set the, and the, the and jokes are amazing the the producers liked it and like uh, i got nice feedback but looking at it now i was like Oh, you don't know what to do with your arms, and they just because I didn't want to flap around. To, I, I was very conscious because I know on TV, yeah. too much movement looks nervous yeah. and looks uncomfortable. So I was conscious of staying still, but I should have done something with my hands. Like I've noticed, yeah. um, there are certain tricks you can do. Like people have, like Kamau, uh, W. Kamau Bell on his show. Yeah, he got into the habit when he was doing the monologue, and it looked quite neat. If you're going to do something with your hands, it's is like there's like a half prayer position that he put them in. Yeah, like, yeah. Like fingertips slight, touching. Fingertips to fingertips, but slightly open hands and and held at around chest height. That yeah. He, he do that a lot. Like which, a call leader. Yeah, we, we just... Um, so there are certain... Like you, people have those techniques. A little bit of gesticulating would have been better. My second one was more comfortable for that. Oh, the other well, t- the set was killer. I'm not Thank taking you. away from that, of But course. no, I definitely... Like, you're very, you're, you're, but I'm watching as a discerning guy, too, that's like, yeah. I want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, a friend of I've got to talk to... A friend of mine recently did um, Letterman uh, for the first time. And this was his first late night set. And he, yeah. was, gr- and he was great. He was hilarious. Um, nice. But I've got to talk to him at some point and let him know, uh, hey, keep... Your eye line was all over the place. Like, he did great. Right. He did, again, the same deal. Like, he did great. And it was yeah. such a strong set, particularly for your debut. Do you want but, to say who it was? Um, Johnny Beaner is his name. Okay, cool. Uh, so, is he British? No, no, he's American. Okay, I first cool. worked with him in uh, Michigan. Really funny guy, and so yeah. deserved that he got that set um, and crushed it. Nice. But his his eyes sort of darted around a bit. Yeah. And I, I, someone told me once, and this has always stuck with me, the best tip for doing a TV set yeah. in a situation, particularly like a studio situation. I'm learning from you um, right now, big time. <laughs> setups to the audience, punchline down the camera. Whoa. It's... That's so good. And it makes so good, much sense. such a good trick. Because you don't yeah. want to just look at the camera. Who told you that? Can I can I, you I'm say? trying to remember who it was. was it might have been something that Eddie Brill said once. Because yeah. he used to... He used to book the comics on letterman he's a comic himself yeah um or it might have been something i heard even before that but it's um, that's really good advice yeah because you want to look around because firstly you want the the audience that you're playing to in the studio to be engaged and not think that you're just talking at at a robot and then and also the audience at home watching it yeah want you to look around a bit because that looks more natural so you're not stiff like a robot like i was in my first person but punchline straight down the camera looks really definite sweet and engages with the audience who are watching at home which is the that's really good to know a million yeah because i have to i have the just for last tv taping but that's it right now right uh that's all i have and um so i'm gonna we're sending that around and stuff but uh oh i think that might have been my phone i'm the one with the vibrating no maybe maybe not. was that you or me um someone favorited a tweet so nice congratulations <laughs> i'm bragging <man>. on the <laughs> Good work, buddy. Isn't that nice? 
<laughs> Anyways, that's good to know because yeah, I gotta make some tapes. It's cool. Yeah, I just yeah, it's one of those ones I wish. Just being aware of where the camera is, and there's you know some of them have more than one camera. A lot of them have more than one camera, so it's harder to do. Yeah, but, but they um, have the red light thing too. But right? Ferguson has. Like, the Ferguson studio had pretty much... I think they had one side camera just in case, but it was pretty much just one set camera. It's the monologue yeah. camera, and then you just went straight down the barrel. So I did was... sketch live on uh, uh, Canadian TV about 10 years ago, yeah. and, uh, and I totally screwed up the sketch because they had two different swinging cameras swinging around in front of us. Yeah. And they'd click the red light on when it'd be like, look at this one. And so I'm performing to one... And it's a dumb, silly monologue in this sketch. And then the guy is behind the camera pointing, like, no, other camera type thing. Yeah. And I just stopped where I was saying. I was like, uh, oh, oh, what? And then just, <laughs> like, literally, and then looked at the other camera. See, I, I don't think I'd ever do that now because I'm so seasoned with stand-up. But back then, 10 years ago, young yeah. sketch guy. Oh, no, that was so embarrassing. Out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because um, um... Uh, you're not really looking at the audience. You're looking at this, like... Just like lunkhead that works yeah. on the show, like, hey, look at that. Um, you know? My first uh, time ever doing sketch stuff was about three years after I started doing stand up. Yeah. And I, so a friend asked me, invited me to be part of the sketch group he was putting together. He'd seen me do stand up and thought I'd be a nice fit. Yeah. And I hadn't, I'd really done no acting. Yeah. Like, no acting at all. So, like, it was one of those ones where um, uh, he said, uh, like when we did our first like show after rehearsing for two weeks with these sketches and stuff, and he went, yeah. went, yeah, uh, well, good effort, Matthew. Good effort there, Matt. That was a great try for your first sketch. Um, little little acting tip: when you're in a scene with someone, uh, look at them. <laughs> look at the people that you're in a scene with. Because <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. I was in stand-up mode. Yeah, I was like, oh, that is a good acting. You're trick. like presenting random words to the audience. Oh, the whole thing. Yeah, like I never once. I was in, I was on stage with these two other guys for 40 minutes and never once looked yeah. at them. I was just talking straight at the audience That's really while they funny. just performed at the side of my head. <laughs> it just... It'd be funny if real people did that in real life when they came home, talked to their family. You're just they're just always like talking at one wall, like it's a TV audience. I guess. Well, that's sort of that's such a dramatic technique. Like films do that a lot. Like who really talks like that? Like someone who's trying to show emotion will just look straight forward and talk while their yeah. wife sort of talks behind them at a different angle. That is the thing. Like uh, I, I do more act, like I acting um, back home and sketch and improv and stuff is what I used to always do. But yeah, they do say like look the person in the eyes all the time, and that's not natural. Yeah. They're like, act natural, but that's not natural. That's totally not natural. Like, yeah. now, is this, there's just the two of us in this kitchen. Yeah. My eye line has... I mean, I've... I've yeah, let's not keep staring at each other like yeah. how we have been. I mean, I've got a fairly <laughs> short attention span anyway for that, so my eye is always flickering. But yeah. I think anyone's... Me too. Um, naturally, you, your eyes dart from... Like, if I'm talking to you, my eyes will dart from, like, your eyes to your mouth yeah. to... The oven gloves that hang on the wall, back to your eyes. You know, they just yeah. it goes on the little. And if I was around. wearing like a more low cut shirt, I did ask. Right, kind would, of disappointed. Wouldn't you go crazy? <laughs> um, You'd be like, "Where do I put my eyes?" There's a Michael. Ca- uh, I know you're going to get into the body of this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this quickly. There's a. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Michael Caine's uh, ma- acting masterclass? It's on, someone's put it on YouTube. Maybe I remember he was like starting to take the piss out of himself because of. Uh, 
Rob Brydon and uh, Steve Coogan oh, making this, fun of him all the time. This predates this. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. it's from it's from a while ago. It looks it looks like sort of eighties taped on video kind of thing. Oh, amazing! And okay, it's on, yeah. it's an acting masterclass with him. But he talks about, and it's actually full of some really good. So hits. is it not satire? It's, it's like not, real. No, no, no. It's oh, real, but it's okay. also just Michael Caine being Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. But he's talking about how. Uh, like if the camera, say I'm talking to you and the camera is to my left, your right. Yeah. It's like if you want to look, if you want to look strong, if I want to look strong when I'm looking at, when I'm talking to you, when I'm doing a scene with you, I look with my right eye to your right eye. Wow. So like my right eye to your right eye. And if I want to look weak, I look with my left eye to your left eye. Weird. And then I he feel sh- like and I you see, see it on him camera. do that. Yeah, and you, it's just film acting technique. And like you Get see, Carter is all right eye to right eye. And you see it on camera and you go like, Actually, yeah, that really does. Because both of them look like the eyeline is right, but one of them you look really forceful, and the other one you look really submissive. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's amazing. I love those little tricks, and I can never like the the small bits of film acting I've done. I've never managed to properly do that because I'm yeah. always so worried about just saying the lines in the right <laughs> order and not breaking something. And he's like, and if I'm playing Alfred, I'm looking at your nose. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's got all these yeah, little techniques. Uh, uh, but so yeah, with this podcast, you uh, you did listen to the Mike Wilmot one. I did listen to the Mike. Who was someone you've worked with before? Right? Yeah, I met Mike because Mike you, Mike for years has been coming over to the UK. Yeah, uh, years years. He started in the nineties, I think. Yeah, not, which is I and I started doing comedy at the beginning of two thousands. Um, so he was already by the time I started doing comedy, he was already known as just a rock solid headliner yeah. headlining destroys club kind of comic yeah we did a few gigs but we did a few gigs early on when i was you know the the baby and the the one with the car oh yeah it's like okay your job is to drive mike wilmot to leicester oh really and you do 20 minutes and then he destroys and then you drive him back again and make wow. sure he gets back to the house back to rich hall's house which is where he was staying oh yeah good car rides yeah it's like- good stories because he's crazy. Yeah. He's exactly what you want from a sort of grizzled road yeah. headliner. Road dog. Yeah. yeah. And you call your kid, which you talked about a bit on the show. And he's yeah. Like, yeah, it's true. People are like, I'm not a kid. He's like, I just do it, all right? Yeah. I, I, that never bothered me with my... There's yeah. one person who no, said either. that to me once, and, it, and I was like, no, hang on, I'm older than you, and... Yeah. Being around, don't you fucking call me. But the, One time I remember a comedian younger than me patted me on the head. That was Yeah, crazy. and it's like, no, you don't get to do that. <laughs> but Wilmot, yeah, I take a certain amount of head patting from Mike. Yeah, for sure, who cares? But yeah, so did, when you listen to it, the, the example of Mike's utopia, though, we barely touch on it because it's Mike, so I just had to let him go. Yeah. Which is good. But so you kind of get the premise of the show, I right? get the premise of the show, and I still, I'm still not sure what I even... Would think. Would think would and what want. my answer would be. Uh, well, we can build it together. Let's do it. That's what we usually do. Um, did you... You had no ideas. No, because I really don't know. Because I think I'm so... Because you love everything right now. You're good. Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I think I'm quite fickle in my in my likes. Oh, really? Which is one of the reasons why I'm thinking the idea of any... I don't think a utopia for me could be set. Yeah. You know, like some people would be like, I want my cabin in the woods or I want my boat on the that happens on the lot. ocean or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I, I think... like You want a, your cabin to transform into a boat and... Yeah, and like, then sometimes be the center of New York and then sometimes be the mountains. I think... 
So maybe if you're perf- picking like your perfect planet, like environmental wise, it's got all the options of the regular world so far. Like you like all the environments yeah. we have here, right? Yeah, that, uh, which is one of the joys of doing comedy is you yeah. get to we get to in a relatively inexpensive fashion go yeah. to mountains and go to oceans and go to yeah metropolises. Where's the craziest place you've done stand up? I saw you went to Dubai. I've been to Dubai, which is... Uh, yeah, it's weird, right? I'm not a fan of that country. Um, a few places around the Far East. Oh, yeah? Uh, like Singapore and Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, Jakarta, which is a hellhole. Wh- why? I, if you've ever been to Jakarta, it's just... It's sort of everything that's awful about a city with, from what I could see, no redeeming features. It was sort of... The most congested, most built up, but least charming. Weird. Yeah, it was like very... not even good food. I, I mean, it, it was hard to even experience because we sort of got stuck in this. The nicest hotel I've ever been in in my life. In Jakarta. Yeah, in Jakarta. Okay. But then everything immediately outside that was just well, I, I barely got to experience the city because you can't move anywhere at any time of day. There's it's just literally gridlock. people stuck together. It's just gridlock. It's just traffic gridlock. And it's gridlock for miles. Why do people even drive then? I, I've always wondered that. I like, if there's something like, if, if, if it's just constant gridlock where you live, why are you still doing well, a it? A lot of people have bikes. Lots yeah. have motorbikes. That's good. But I, um, I don't trust myself on a bike. The only time, there's a, there was a gig in, where was it? Not Malta. It was Cyprus. Yeah. Where they gave us, they got sponsored by the local bike hire company and gave us scooters. Or mopeds or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Whatever it was they gave me, I still have a scar on my leg. Really? I went straight into a wall. Was, was it, like, hot or something? Did it burn you? No, no, no. Was I, it? The, no, the scar is from the wall that I went into. Oh, you went into a wall. Yeah. Oh, I didn't... I thought, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I just went straight into... I just... Because I'd never ridden <laughs> a bike before. They just No, you should yeah. laugh. It's funny. They just, they just gave a bunch of comedians bikes and assumed that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. That's good. You got yeah, a story you're comedians. Out of it. You could ride a scooter. Yeah. Gee. Uh, yeah, I was in the uh, emergency war room um, years ago because uh, my girlfriend dumped boiling water on my foot. And uh, it's okay now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like a guy was in the waiting room because he tried his buddy's scooter, like a Vespa thing. Yeah. And I don't know how he did it, but he trying the scooter, he ran over his own leg. Right, I could. I could you know, see that? I don't know exactly how he did it, but I, yeah. I know how inept I was. <laughs> I could easily, yeah, like yeah, I could absolutely see that. So you're fine with how the world is mostly environment because you are you obviously just from talking. Well, I mean, right I'm not fine with lo- how the world is environmentally, but if that. Oh right. Yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe you'd fix some of that. I definitely yeah, I think you'd have to. Fix Would you some have that. like all self sufficient houses and stuff? Yeah, I think you'd have to. I think if you're like, I think one. If we're talking about global, would we have utopia, all the produce and stuff we want, or would it just be local, seasonal? We're back to seasons now, but we are back to seasons. Well, it's <laughs> nice to have come full circle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm making. I'm going to make you work a little bit. No, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, I stopped. I've stopped eating meat, and I haven't eaten meat for a few years. Oh, really? And that started off as an environmental thing. I felt. I think I felt partly guilty about my carbon footprint. It is hard, yeah. Like as a comic, you know, if you, you see a cow, you love it. 
But if you see a burger, you don't think it's a cow. You just right. keep throwing them back, right? So I just, yeah, I used to eat meat and I used to enjoy meat. I don't miss it that much. And I think I'd happily still not eat meat. I yeah. do still eat fish, though, so I'm one of those dicks. <laughs> fish dicks. Uh, uh, yeah, one of those, like, oh, yeah, I'm... Oh, so you're a vegetarian. Pescatarian. Yeah. That's, that's what vegetarians that eat fish made up to, like, feel a bit... Yeah, so I have a problem. Still sort of... There's a word for me. Yeah. And pescatarian's the, pescatarian's the kind one. <laughs> pescatarian other. is... A, are you on a... Dating websites or anything? That's your that's your only description. <laughs> Just Matt, Matt Kirshner, pescatarian. How are Hypocrite. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's good. So you, but you, so, and I, animals I, would be around on the planet more for to love, to pet and see and yeah. They and do here's their the thing. thing: I'm not when people go like, is it for ethical reasons? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I've, I'm not a huge animal lover. I like animals. Oh. I've never been a big pet owner. I've never like my so P, like PETA videos don't freak you out. No, my utopia. I don't think my utopia would have pets because uh, yeah. I, I like I you know I like when I sometimes go around to a friend's house when they've got a dog and you can pet it for a bit. But yeah. I didn't really grow up. My mum my mum hates large animals. Like hates pets. Yeah. So we were never we never grew up with dogs or cats. So I don't think I ever got that implanted in me that love of right. So you go like oh well they're fun to pet a bit but i don't like the idea of something that drools on you and has everywhere. shit that you need to deal with yeah yeah it's true so maybe like you know i maybe my utopia would have like a non-shitting <laughs> non-drooling puppy yeah that's basically a toy for a child that is that is a robot toy <laughs> that is exactly yeah. what that is my utopia just like <laughs> has children's cool. toys everywhere <laughs> This is where I find out, like, my utopia. I'm just basically constructing the Michael Jackson <laughs> Neverland. Yeah, unbeknownst to you. It would have a, it would have a young Macaulay Culkin and a Ferris wheel. And, and a Pepsi with a little bit of wine in it, yeah. uh, from what I've heard. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Really? Is that what they did? R.I.P. MJ. What? You did Pepsi with a bit of wine? Some like that. No, there's, like, yeah, some sort of magic pop that... That's I've a, heard that. I don't know. That's a drink in the, the Spanish have as a cocktail. Oh, really? Uh, Magic Calamocha, pop? Well, Calamocha is what they call it. And it's Coca-Cola and red wine as a mixture. That's so stupid And they me. have, And they have... I say they have. This was, this was something Doesn't we got... does that dr- sound so stupid to you? It was actually relatively drinkable. We really? had it in like, 90, like 97, I think. I went to Spain on a school trip. To me, that's we like having like a it. braised lamb or something. Uh, a roast lamb and then putting like Nestle Quick... Uh, chocolate sauce on it you know yeah although i was a well that might be good actually i don't know here's i will say of any any kind of food and drink like matt that where there's mass produced company versions coca-cola is the only one i'll give where never drunk a better cola really yeah i don't think so you can tell the difference between coke and pepsi yeah pepsi's sweeter um yeah and uh but coke do you find Coke heartier? I, yeah, I, yeah, and I, I prefer Coca-Cola. Yeah. But also, you know, you sometimes go to bars or clubs or whatever, and they have some kind of artisan, local, local brewed cola drink. Yeah. Never as good. Yeah. Never as good. Coca-Cola nailed it. That's interesting. I, so my, my, I've never heard someone champion Coca-Cola so much. Usually it's the go-to bad guy. They're, I mean, they're a horrible, unethical company. You know, yeah. they do terrible things to the water supplies in the countries that they yeah, produce it, and they... <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they push basically sugar on the population, and yeah. they're an awful company. Diabetes, yeah. But 
God damn, they got a good recipe. It's true. That's like sometimes, you know... Whereas McDonald's is terrible burgers compared to, you know, a real burger place. And, yeah. And then, like, Pizza But when Hut you're really drunk, pizza. isn't a McDonald's burger so good? Even when I was a meat eater, I, no, I, got, I went off... Oh, really? When I was a kid, I liked... I think, yeah, but somewhere around my teens, I was like, really? Like, That's good. Bad. You got it early. But, um, you know, Pizza Hut is the worst pizza. McDonald's, terrible burgers. Yeah. Fucking Coca-Cola... Nail like listen to the show. I defy you. Email like tweet me <laughs> at Matt Kirshen with a better cola. I will charm for that cola. Yeah, I will try it because I could. If there's a better, more ethical one, then that's going in my drinks fridge in my Utopia. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm gonna have to have a couple of cokes just for. That's so occasions. funny that you wouldn't. There's one that there's for sure ethical colas, but you, who cares? Be, it doesn't taste that good. That's be, what you're well, maybe I just keep keep a small amount so I feel a little bit less guilty about it. Yeah, like give a little wink to like Royal Crown Cola or something. Have you heard of that one? That's the... That might be Canadian. No, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard of it. I don't know where it's from. I don't know what country I'm it's in Roller anymore. Cola. Roller Cola? Yeah, I think that one used to, used to exist. I don't know if it still does. That was like the supermarket own brand. <laughs> you know what's funny about the UK is like in Canada is we have the same sort of Cadbury's chocolate bars but different names sometimes. Really? Yeah. I can't think of an example now so I shouldn't have brought that up. Every so often they standardize them. Yeah. Like Starburst, Opal Fruit became Starburst and, and Marathon Bars became Snickers. And I think that's because that was the American name for it and eventually they just centralized production. Americans won. Yeah. No more marathons. <laughs> Damn, but it makes sense. Yeah. You don't eat that thing and run a marathon. No, you <laughs> you eat that thing and snicker. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what it's there for. <laughs> yeah, all the nuts make you snicker. Yeah, so my, my, my Utopia's drinks cabinet would have a couple of Cokes that I'd, yeah. I'd feel guilty about. And I try and put I feel up, like it's like actually a fridge full of Cokes and you have like a rifle beside it in case anyone comes near it. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> just <laughs> get, get, get away from my delicious crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I what about enough. guns? Would you even have guns in your world? I fucking hate guns. Aren't they weird? I really hate guns. And I, have you ever fired one? Yes. I've never done it. Actually, I'm trying to think whether I've ever fired a pistol. I fired a rifle. Yeah. I. Uh, What'd you think? Fired a few rifles at various times. Like when I was at school, they had this sort of cadet. Are thing. you allowed to say it? Yeah, you know, I killed some people. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Didn't that just come out today? Did you hear about that guy on the TV show? Jinx or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, I won't ruin it for you then. I've, I've already had enough spoilers come through that I'm oh, okay, fairly okay. aware of it. But, um, Anyways. Um, yeah, you shot some rifles. Yeah. But you don't like guns at all. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I can see why people like them. Me and I, neither. But I, I, my fear and hatred of what they are and what they do outweighs any kind of, like, yeehaw. Which is because <laughs> I... I gung-ho this is cool yeah which is yeah. actually strange because in a controlled environment i like i like cars and i like driving which is another horribly unethical um yeah thing to be doing but um and cars kill a load of people you can but have I, cars in your world that run on coke yeah instead of gasoline so we're using even more of it but not for the flavor maybe it spits it out as it drives and then people run behind so it, it produces the coke <laughs> yeah cars that produce coke all right I don't know the science. Sometimes this can just be magic. Don't, you know? Yeah, we'll have it as a magical thing. <laughs> but yeah, cars are, you're right. Cars are super unethical, and we're in the city right now. Yeah. That was literally designed to just be gridlock on freeways. <sighs> that's to the, sell cars. That's, okay, I would definitely have good public transport, because that's one of the things I miss more than anything else about living in, when I used to live in London. Yeah. 
when I visit like cities like New York or San Francisco. Yeah, Toronto's really good too. Yeah, I, you know, I like I like getting on the train. I like cycling to places like a lot of cities. London's one of them, and I think Toronto is as well now. Definitely yeah. Montreal is, has those bicycles. That you oh can yeah, we're a huge rent, bike city. You can rent by the half hour, like those city bikes. Um, people are starting to ride bikes here though a lot, eh? I might get a bicycle because I now looks... I've moved house to somewhere that's central. I used to live in the valley. Oh yeah, and now like I could have I I I could have cycled here if I had a bike. And it Where were you coming from? Like between Larchmont and Koreatown, so it's like. Yeah, so down Virgil or something? Uh, Van Ness, but I could have... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I could have I could have cycled here easily. If We're I in Los Feliz, for those listening. But I'm also a little bit terrified of L.A. drivers. Yeah. Because I don't think they're in any way prepared for there to be someone on a bicycle around. People are so... People in L.A. are so in their heads in the car. Yeah. Like, you... you they forget that people would walk, even. Yeah. You know and what they mean? also don't... They just don't look around, because they're in the little bubble, and, you know, they get a email come through or a text and they're looking at that on their yeah. phone and suddenly careen into me on right a- well sometimes i i've been crossing the street here and i get looks from people in cars like i'm an animal going through their trash like what the hell is this yeah. they don't get like why i'm not be like i'm walking back to my car <laughs> yeah yeah don't worry i do have a car it's yeah. over there yeah. uh, the valet was ill so i had to park on the other side of the road but don't worry there's a car i'm all right <laughs> and then they actually relax like oh, okay. Uh, okay okay good i thought he was gonna kill us with an axe <laughs> yeah yeah what is it charles manson now yeah. walking across the street yeah so that's good more bikes yeah i like that i like that you've got ethical ideas for your your so. world I, you, you know what though i mean this Here's the thing. If I'm building a utopia, yeah. I could, and I'm sure some would, I could build a world where none of that were a concern. Like I, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's like what if, I want you to... Like, yeah. if I'm building a utopia, I could build a world where oil is limitless and global warming is never an issue. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you could, we could constantly... Yeah, because this is about you. If you care about that, some people don't care. Some people are like more oil wars. So, yeah, I'm just wondering whether I'm I'm bringing in. I'm wondering whether I'm bringing in. You my don't have prejudices. to change this world. Yeah, am I bringing in my my pre conditions from our world, the real world, into a world where that's not necessary? Yeah, it's up to you. So I would say, I think it's nice. People uh, listening will like to get to know that you do care about shitty things in this world. Yeah, but then I, you know, I, you know, I, if I don't need to, then there we go. So let's you know, build from there. If we get rid of all sexually transmitted diseases, yeah, and have an instant reversible vaccination, like, uh, uh, yeah, vaccination for all diseases or any other diseases, and have like an instant like reversible vasectomy and yeah. See, I like that because that's a nice world to live in, but also it teaches us that you don't like diseases. Yeah, I don't like diseases. <laughs> there might be some people also, that do, and they're like, it's not their utopia. Also, why would you have condoms in a utopia? Yeah. All right? Exactly. You can't feel a damn thing. Unless you need them for, as spare water balloons or... Yeah. Yeah, people... That'd be weird if you said no condoms in my utopia, and then people were like, come on, please. You're yeah, like, like, what? We want to do the thing we pull over our, our nose and then inflate it and... <laughs> like a Like a washing glove. It's like, okay, guys. Just use balloons. Condoms are better. Uh, <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> They're funnier. Yeah. You ever seen someone do the thing where they hold a condom out of a car window as it's driving along and then suddenly it inflates? No. Because uh, condoms are hugely stretchable. 
So, oh, I know. And every so often he just catches. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Every so often. So, so I've seen someone like hold one out the window so it's catching the air. Yeah. And then eventually the air just catches it the right way and it just goes boom, and expands to. So that's a thing. You said it. You, that's the thing. You Someone's brought it up that. like it's a regular People thing. People have done that. That's entertainment. In the car you were in. No, no, no. no. I've seen YouTube videos of this. <laughs> How many YouTube videos are there of car condom? I mean, it's the internet. I guess 90% of the YouTube videos contain that somewhere. If you type in car condom, you will see people having sex with cars. That's on the internet yeah. for sure. Or a condom that is big enough to stretch over a car yeah. so that you can safely penetrate it. Or and then the car drives in and out of a tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's get back. So now I like we've we've got time left, so it's totally good. We've established now that... okay. We're going to try and be more um, well, we, objective. It's not uh, necessarily connected to what we care about with this world. Yeah. You know. It's, but we, so we need variable terrain. We need variable terrain. Yeah. I want, I want to be able to get to different places. You still want the Manhattan-y aspect. I you still want, want a bit California, of California. Yeah, right? I still want a bit of Manhattan. I still want a bit of California. Yeah. I want a bit of London, but also I want a bit of the Alps. Yeah. You know, I want a bit. I want a bit of the Alps and a bit of the Pacific or whatever. What about like some Amazonian jungle. Oh, maybe a bit of jungle. I've been to a jungle once, and that was pretty fun. I don't think I've been to a jungle. Which what? jungle were you at? Uh, it's the rainforest in um, in Malaysia. Wow, were you doing stand up there? No, this was before I started doing comedy. This was um, a trip that I took with some university friends, like in the summer break of our second year. Did you get a weird bug in your skin? Doesn't that happen to everybody that goes? That can happen. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, you get to used to the bug. You name it. We, they were leeches. Like we got... Um, like big ones? Uh, not really. We're like, um, yeah. So our guide, we thought you had to have the like leech-proof boots and yeah. stuff. And our guide was like, nah, fuck that. And made us get these rubber plimsolls. Yeah. That were just like a basically a piece of rubber that's stretched over your foot. And the leeches would get in there, but he's like, yeah, but you feel it, and then you just take it off immediately and just pull the leech off. And I got it every time before it drew any blood. Some people got blood drawn. And yeah. I, and with hindsight, I, broke some off with I blood think that was a bad guide. Like, I think yeah. Because that's the thing. You got to say to him, like, hey, we don't all live in a swamp every yeah. day like you do. Well, there was definitely a point in the on the trip because we we were out. He took like took us out for I think two or three days. We camped in a in a cave. Wow, it was pretty cool. But it's amazing. But there was a point where you know we were being very careful about. We brought some water with us, and then every other water we took water from the streams, but we always boiled it before we drank it. Yeah. And then he was like, at one point, he was like, no, this water's fine. You can drink this water. Oh, my God. We still didn't. We he were like, literally gonna... he died right before your eyes, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, die... he came as close to dying as you can through shitting yourself repeatedly. <laughs> like, yeah, he, just like a skinny husk of a... Yeah, he just like, the... was like, oh, now he's shitting for th- two days. Like, it's just like... <laughs> That's like he's nah, the one. Nah, that, don't worry about it. He's just like a crazy guy that showed up. He's the one who's keeping us alive, supposedly. <laughs> um, That's a crazy trip for you guys to take all the way down to Malaysia. But that was cool. Yeah, so we went to Malaysia, Thailand, and Singapore. Yeah. Um, uh, good food. Great food. Okay, let's oh, get. Food. Okay, so we got. Oh, jungle. actually, so yeah, that's a good point. Cuisine. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get to. Yeah, because we've got basically you want the options of the environment, all the environments we got. I do. Here. I'm very greedy when it comes to. It's fine. You like to travel. You like to see new things. That's but also, very I, I think I'd like to travel fairly instantaneously. So my utopia. Yeah. Snap of I the think fingers. We're gonna ha- 
if not snap of the fingers, some kind of high speed shoot type thing. You know, shoot or shoot? Shoot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shoot, high speed shoot. Like, yeah, you <laughs> click the heels together three times and say there's no place yeah. like Manhattan. Jet, yeah, yeah. Jets blast out, maybe? Uh, oh, do high I want a jetpack? I might want a jetpack. That'd be funny if I you were talking wanna... about Wizard of Oz with somebody and they're like, I love it when Dorothy realizes she's been wearing high speed shoes the whole time. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I don't think that's how. No, 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 that's, no, how... that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. how she did it. <laughs> I think, I mean, they cut it up. You know, they obviously cut okay. it up. Even though you're, so I might want I might want a bit of jetpacking because I I I'd like to fly a bit. Yeah. So I think I might want to you know fly. What? Between... This is the 29th episode, I believe. No one said jetpack yet. Really? Isn't that crazy? That's madness. Yeah, I feel like that's almost like a go-to thing. Oh, also, like if the podcast should start like, hey, how's it going? Jetpack. Yeah. Also, while we're talking about it, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. This is my utopia. Yes. I'm being an astronaut at least. See, once. I can see. All right, there we go. You have short hair, but I can literally see long hair falling down over your shoulders right now. You're getting it. There we go. So, yeah, I want to... <laughs> yeah, I definitely want some time in space. What am I doing? Yeah, go to space, man. Go to space. Maybe, maybe the moon. It might be cool to go to the moon What kind of cuisine would you have in space? Well, I think space, you go for different kind of cuisine. You go for yeah. things that are very easy, like non-zero gravity stuff and you right. nutrition. But then when you land... I like a lot of. I'm, I'm I'm a big Asian food fan. Oh yeah, and I know that's a crazy. That's such a Western thing to say. You know, Asian food. Yeah, but you a went third to of the Malaysia, population of the world because you went to Malaysia, food. Thailand. You've been all over the. Yes, yeah, so you've I, been I, to the source. I do love Thai food. I love Thai food's the best. Uh, Malaysian food's great, although I. Although, hang on, no, this is my utopia. I'm able to eat peanuts again. All right. Oh, so really? Malaysian foods. Are you a peanut guy? The, uh, not anaphylaxis. Messes up my stomach. Makes me ill. Okay. Um, but let's get rid of that. I'm fine with peanuts. <laughs> yeah. Cashew nuts. I love cashew nuts. I want to be able to have cashew nuts again. Cashews too? Yeah. Damn it. I know. Sucks, right? What so, about cashew butter? Paste or something? You know what? I've not experimented with it that much. You don't want to. Yeah. Again, it's like, do I want to be like our guide was through the jungle for that day and a half? Because <laughs> that's what happens if I have a bowl of peanuts. Dead. Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, you can eat anything you want. Cashews. And that's good because Thai food, and, they And I might have to still stuff. have sushi as well, which I know I was trying to cut out the animals, but fuck it. Sushi's yeah, back on the menu. White fish. Well, hang on. Maybe we can... Okay, there's Utopia. They're, all, they're already working on being able to genetically engineer, like, produce animal protein without actually the animals grow it in the Isn't lab. Isn't that weird? I think that's going to be in our lifetime for sure that oh, we're going to be definitely. buying. Well, they already have. They've already yeah. had a burger that is edible that is completely lab grown. Yeah, I remember that. We stopped hearing about that. And it was, But I think it was like it was a bit gimmicky and it wasn't very good and it had a weird texture. I think but we I have, reckon... Yeah, we stopped hearing about the guy that tested it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same <laughs> so guy. So he reemerges from his lair. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. Just like the biggest head you've ever seen and like a tentacle coming out. Um, it's good. It's, yeah. There was a politician in England yeah. uh, who famously fed his daughter a burger on TV when the mad cow disease thing happened to prove that they were safe. I think oh, it was Gummer. It was John Selwyn Gummer. John Selwyn Gummer. How did she name? do? Oh, she's dead now. Is no, that, no, no, no. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be amazing if she just got rabid and started yeah. foaming and screaming. That would have been... A, 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 you would have had so much more respect for him as a politician if, like, they got, like, some yeah. blood capsules or something from a theater supply company. Yeah. Like, frothing at the mouth, like, from a joke shop. Yeah. I feel like Obama's almost close to being that. He's just turning into a comedian now, yeah. right? Shows up on, like, late night shows. He's on, he's on the home straight. Yeah. Now he's... 
Yeah, you know, he's, he's working just, out like what he, a little bit of him's got. He's oh. barely wearing a tie. He's got to be working out like what he's going <laughs> to do after. He's literally going to be a comedian. Yeah, he's going to do a speaking tour. For, I mean, he's going to clean up on the speaking. Oh, circuit. for sure. So did Clinton. You guys are so deliciously ruth- ruthless against your politicians in the UK. I like it. I don't know. I mean, I think they are. In, I was thinking about how much Obama gets more criticism than any British politician. Oh yeah. Well. People are stressed here. It's insane. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up whether it was Gamma. I'm still talking and I'm still with you. But I, it's going to bug me as to whether that, that no was... No problem. Who fed him. Um, but yeah, I, lab growth... Yeah, because I would like to see that video anyways. And if you're listening, when we do confirm who it is, watch the video. Because that is that is insane. Yeah, John Selwyn Gamma. <laughs> uh, he was the Secretary of State for the Environment, Transport, and the Regions... And then for agriculture, fisheries, and food. Yeah, it'll definitely be the guy. Um, yeah, at, at the height of the crisis in, 19, in the 1989-1990, he had responsibility for food safety during the mad cow disease. At the height of the crisis, he attempted to calm the public by trying to persuade his four-year-old daughter to eat a beef burger. <laughs> there we go. Like he didn't On eat TV. it? Like he didn't eat it. Yeah. Do you know he just like he tried just to use her as the taster? Yeah. Uh, what kind of government would you have? Government in your world? I think I would. And and yeah. here's what I'm like I I think both sides of the political spectrum, both like on sort of the anarchists and the libertarians, go. Oh yeah, that's lovely in principle. Yeah. Like in in practice, like in the, in the case of the anarchists, I go you go sort of go. I don't think it ever works out. And the libertarians, you go. Oh no no no, that's ideology covering up for the fact that you're being a dick yeah like every libertarian always come down in the end to just no you're kind of a cock there and at the end of the day both extreme groups don't want to take responsibility for a guy that's like you know stealing their vegetables or like touching their wife's butt or something yeah so uh right? do you know what i mean like the, well maybe the libertarians want to shoot them with a rifle but you know what I mean? Like people, yeah. The, oh, the their market. idealistic world doesn't include them having to deal with like crooks or yeah. Well, they believe weirdos. the market will sort it out, or people will work it out between them, or power yeah. it, or private. Like you'll have you'll come to an ag- mutual agreement with a criminal. Yeah, no. So fuck that. No, <laughs> like anyone Randian is like is out. Yeah. Like you read Atlas Shrugs and agreed with more than a tenth of it. Get the fuck out of my utopia. <laughs> That's Is it so shrugged funny. or shrugged? Whatever. Shrugged. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, With your rifle pro- guarding your... Uh... Oh, yeah, you don't have a gun. No, I don't I have made a gun, so I don't, know. I don't know how we're getting them out of here. <laughs> you're you're dead. Your own utopia that you created is going to get <laughs> overrun by libertarians. Just stuck outside. Oh, you motherfuckers. This is just like what happened to San Francisco. <laughs> My utopia is me hiding from libertarians. <laughs> Some tech millionaires moved in. <laughs> just go, fuck. How's my utopia now a startup? <laughs> and I'm forced to live in the Oakland outside it. Yeah, five bucks for an Americano. What the hell? Motherfucker. Yeah, um, yeah while we're at it, anyone who... Anyone who overuses the phrase, needless to say, they're out. <laughs> yeah, they're toast. No, you're out of my uh, utopia. Uh, we were talking just before the show. Anyone who tags a joke of yours with what the joke is. Yeah. Go like, yeah, or... You go, no, that was, that was the joke. Yeah. Gone. You say a joke, they laugh, 
Then they try to build on that joke, but it's just still that's your still, joke. That's still my joke. Then you, yeah, you go, you gone. Uh, while we're on this, I'd have to gig. Like I think I'm still. I'd have to find somewhere to gig. Yeah. Here's okay. Here's here's an ethical dilemma. Yeah. I I'd have to gig because I love com- I love stand up comedy. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Which means I need audiences. But given that it's my utopia, I'd get to pick the audiences. But I can't pick exclusively good audiences. I know what you mean. Because then... You I, won't be good. Then I would... Firstly, I wouldn't be good. I, I know I'd well, get... Well, you'd be good. I'd get soft as a comic. But yeah. also, I don't think the laughs would feel as good to me if I didn't feel like I earned them fairly. Right. Like, it, if I felt like, oh, no, I'm just the emperor at the court and everyone has to laugh at my jokes or they're beheaded. Yeah. Then... That could be fun too. Yeah, I think I don't think I could do. It. I don't think my, I don't think my ego would allow me to have an audience that panders to my ego. Yeah, I think I'd have to have real. I know crowds, exactly what you mean. Which means I'd have to have some shitty gigs to make the good gigs feel better. You have means, to riff about the weird thing in the town for the first five ten minutes. Yeah, which means my utopia would have to have hecklers. <laughs> <laughs> They're better than libertarians. Right. My utopia. Libertarians are basically political hecklers. Right. (laughs) (laughs) My utopia would have to have some assholes. (laughs) But they can be contained. They can be contained. Only like, you only see them at shows. Yeah, because I think you'd also have to have really good door stuff. My utopia has like really, a really well, well run club with the occasional dick. Yeah. That's really good. I think that's... Uh, I like how that you're honest about that. Yeah. some people wouldn't say that. But yeah, if you are in your comfort zone for too long, man... You can't be too comfortable. You just turn into like a mama's boy up there, like petting your own Which dick. Which also, would I go... I don't know why I said mama's boy, but that's what I always imagine. Uh, would I... Yeah. Would, I'm just trying to think then. Would I have to also have to work for other stuff? Like, again, like my utopia... I It, it wouldn't be... Just wall to wall chicks who are into me, like it, it couldn't be like <laughs> like a thousand. Oh, I see. Babes. You want to be able to. You want to know that you have to work for it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, would, it wouldn't just be like, you know, it could it would, be wall to wall babes, but you still work for it. It wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't be like I couldn't have like the sort of harem. Like my utopia, <laughs> I wouldn't be an emperor. Like that's the, my utopia. I couldn't be an emperor. Yeah, I don't think I'd even want to be top of the pile. Yeah. Which I don't know what that says about me. No. I don't think I'd want to be... I love it. I love the idea that you still want to have integrity in this perfect world. Yeah, but then do you really have integrity if it's the utopia you built? Oh, then we get into questions of free will and it's like disappearing <laughs> off our own asses. But do you... Oh, you're making my brain hurt. I love it. Chris, no, you're making your own me? brain hurt. I, I love am. it. I'm watching it. Yeah, because I think... I think you know. God, now I know. Now I know why God ha- made there be sin in the world. <laughs> no, yeah, this uh, this podcast is going to end with us thanking God <laughs> for the world we have. It's like I suddenly find religion. Like yeah. I find, I find, in the course of your podcast, my utopia is God's will. But it, God, just from from just from a literary point of view, the Bible, you go like, yeah, of course, the Bible would be so dull if. Yeah. If the apple hadn't happened. Yeah. And it needs to be there. Yeah, the apple is the inciting incident. Which is an interesting 
philosophical question because there's always think there's always been the question of like, well, if if God is great and God is omnipotent, why is there evil in the world? And you're like, God, maybe maybe that's his Friday Late Show. I know you can't see him right now, but God just winked at you. Ah. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's his way of keeping it interesting for himself. Yeah. Maybe God's maybe God's giant robe or whatever yeah. has a yin yang on it. I'm now I'm, I'm now <laughs> fully committed to the biblical idea of like the the biblical classical God is a bearded man who lives in the sky and he's <laughs> I've gone from an atheist to a full believer in the course of this podcast. Oh shit! I think let me just check one thing. Okay, it's someone else. Because I locked the front door and I thought, oh no, what if I locked my wife out if she comes home? But I really love that. I really took the steam out of that by worrying about my damn wife. No, it's good. It's important. <laughs> I think I'd want my friends to have successful relationships in my utopia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks so much. But I love how you had this epiphany. Uh, you're like, oh shit, I think I locked my <laughs> wife out. Wait, that's like the two realizations we respectively have. Could you please, when we do promote the podcast, be like, this literally... This made me believe in believe God. Believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> but Utopia is, I say this a few times, like every now and then on the, on these podcasts, it does mean, like, the, 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 whatever, the ancient, whatever, Latin? Yeah. It is like no it is- place. Okay. That's what it means. Because, yeah, you can't have your... Yeah, it's your perfect idea of something. Uh, it, it will always... Yeah, you, you whittle down into these conundrums anyways. Yeah, but you... Which I love. But that's interesting. You, you, so there's a lot of people that don't get to that point. They're just like, I want this, I want this. And that's kind of neat too, you know? Has anyone been like, I just don't want to be, exist anymore. Fuck this life. <laughs> I would, no, not yet, but I would love that. A couple episodes ago, um, David Hetty, I don't know if you ever met him, comedian uh, from Canada. Rings a bell. I think we've worked together once. Yeah, he uh, he started off right away with, um, first of all, no one gets to make a choice. There's a leader telling everyone what to do. And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Interesting. That was the most... So he know, completely removed free will from his utopia. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like... But I like this. I like watching you uh, think about it. It's been really enjoyable. Yeah. Let's try and summarize. We established a lot, and it got a little running away. We did. So the world is basically as is environmentally. Um, well, just I think with, we've we've got to remove the problems. And you know what? I, yeah. I don't think I don't think my conscience would allow if we're creating the utopia. Like we can't have things like malaria wiping out half of. Or HIV wiping off, wiping out half of Africa, right? Or hurricanes destroying islands. Well, we have the know. like fix-all disease needle or whatever, right? Disease needle, and we've got to so, <laughs> disease and, needles. That's what it's and, called. And war. So we've we've got to get rid of that. So that's yeah. got to go. Yeah. Well, there's no guns. You said no guns. Disease needle. Yeah, but you. I think even without guns, people are pretty canny at killing each other. Like you can. Assholes are only at some. Yeah. Comedy shows. Assholes are restricted to... <laughs> Your comedy shows. My comedy shows. <laughs> but also occasional interactions, because as much as I okay. hate... Like... <laughs> like a few months ago, I was I was going into a, into a department store, and a woman came the other way, and we had that little... Um, 
left right dance that you have you know when you both try to move in the same direction yeah yeah and as we passed at the point where you're meant to do the half laugh that everyone does yeah yeah she like tutted at me she went like as if yeah as if you're fucking with her i well not even fucking with her as if like i had the audacity to be in her way right like how dare like what the what, what the fuck are you and they go no that's not the deal yeah we both do the little dance backwards <laughs> and forwards and then we have a little giggle about how what are, what are what are the chances that we both keep trying to go the same yeah. way uh, she reneged on the deal yeah that's the social contract that we have and that infuriated me yeah but i don't know whether i'd want to do without that fury because i think you need that sort of you need you need some some of that do you need some of that to drive? Do you need that? Well, if you want to be a stand-up, too, you still need that you to, do. to relate to the audiences, right? And, God, how dull would it be if there was nothing to be angry about? Like, every... Because if everything worked, yeah. then there'd be no comedy. Like, not even right. the political comedian. Like, even the sort of... Even the... There'd be no Seinfeld. There'd be no Brian Regan. No, like, even the people yeah. who never even touch on international injustices they, they now you're acting like you're frightened by your own mind right yeah I'm like, <laughs> like no like, i can't have every jar open and every usb cord go the right way every time <laughs> you can't have that because if everything works then what are people gonna <laughs> notice this is like wizard of oz you're gonna wake up and be like oh my god i had the terrible dream, <laughs> terrible dream. you were there and you weren't there has anyone on the show yet been that frightened by utopia uh, no, this is really good. I, but it's good because it shows how much you're thinking about it. Actually, I, th- I do remember one guess that the thing is, is like, yeah, you, you start making all these rules in your world and then you realize that you're excluding people. You're excluding, Ex- excluding people and excluding possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Like every, everything. You... So basically the only thing that you want in your utopia that is not on this planet now is you go to space and eat Asian food. <laughs> And when you come back from space, you're surrounded by children's toys. <laughs> Which means having gone full circle, or having gone like into as bad as philosophical about what is perfection and what is perfect isn't perfection. I've ended up landing on the most basic version of utopia possible. It's just like I want shiny things and a rocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what we've landed like on. Regressed into childhood. That's every it. other thing. Every other element of utopia. I'm like. Oh no, we need some of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think the the bigger bad things in the world you can safely get rid of. You know, you yeah. can definitely I'd be as much as I'd still need jars to be fiddly and yeah. things to occasionally be inconvenient. I don't want war no and war. I don't want cancer. Yeah. But I think that's good. But then you do also probably need some way to die. <laughs> <laughs> What am I doing to myself? Yeah. Well, maybe. How about this? Do you need one to get some water? No disease. Okay, disease needles there. No wars. Um, but then people need to die. But there could be a thing where it's like, when you feel it's time to die, like you've done everything, you just fade out. Or there's like something set up where you choose an exciting way to die. Yeah, most spectacular. Like rocket into a mountain or something. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. It's like one guy could be like, I want to fight a bear, but I want to be on a lot of heroin so I don't, I'm not phased by. That's the an amazing of the idea. Bear fight, right? So that's. 
In fact, I feel like you could sell that idea in this town. I think you to could. be a show. I think you know, like once heroin you, bear fighting. Once euthanasia becomes legal, which I think it will be sometime soon. Yeah, uh, it already is going in various countries, and I think it is. Oh yeah, I think absolutely ethically, people who are terminally ill should have the right to be in control of yeah. their final days. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's only so much blinking you can do for the years yeah, after the why accident. why not just, like, a huge needle of diamorphine and <laughs> some tigers. <laughs> just, See what we established? That's beautiful. Yeah. That's fun. You're not dying by, by the hands of war, so you're not being killed by some asshole. And you're not dying... Un- you're not... You're not just having dis- some horrible, untimely death. You know, we're not having yeah. like childhood, childhood like leukemia is out. That's yeah. gone. That's very nice. But of you. people who feel like it's their time, yeah, get to uh, get dosed up on the drug of their choice. Maybe, maybe they go heroin. Maybe they go with something more hallucinogenic. I feel bad for the guy that just smokes one joint. And then goes into the tiger pit. Yeah, then, like, stubs his toe on the way in and realizes he still feels pain. Yeah. Like, oh, oh shit. Oh, no, 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 no. It's like, peace, man, to a, like a lunging tiger. <laughs> That's amazing. I really love that idea. Not the pot one, but, like, just morphined up, bear fighting. That's amazing. <laughs> Gee, should we end it there? That's kind of perfect. I'm happy to end it there. It's kind of like our world with just some some tweaks, some surreal elements that some tweaks, uh, and I get and a bit more time for all of us on the space shuttle if we need it. Yeah, that's amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Anything? Uh, I'll promote you after, but is anything you want to promote these guys just in case? Uh, well, I guess you can find me on all the usual Twitter and Facebook things, and then I yeah. have a podcast called Probably Science. Yeah. That I would love you to. Oh my god! I should say this on my podcast. So people, some people have asked me to do, or not asked me, but they've they said I should do a podcast for for a few years, right? Uh And I never wanted to. And then I was like, I got to do it unless I'll do it unless it's like if it's a good idea, yeah, that I'm excited to talk to comedians about, because I hate all the talking shop ones, you know, or or just the ones where like I feel I should do a. That's why I've held off doing the Edinburgh Festival for the last couple of years. Yeah, because because my I did a few shows that were like. My last show, I felt like it was I just doing this because I meant to go back. Right. It's been a few years, so I that's, just got the best hour of stand-up I That's why I, could I haven't done Edinburgh yet unless I get sponsored because yeah. then I'm just doing it as a as a, like a trophy for rather, my, you know? Yeah, rather than like I've got a good idea for a show and yeah. I think I can make it something special. Well, so one of the ideas I had before, I totally forgot about this. Um, I should have told you even not on the podcast, but... Before I came up with the idea of talking about what a perfect utopian world would be to the guest, I wanted to do uh, like a layman's uh, ruminating on science and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up, science comedy podcasts, and yours was one of them, with okay. Andy Wood, right? Yeah, Andy Wood, who, who co-runs Bridgetown, Bridgetown, where we met. Yeah. And um, originally Brooks Whelan, but he left to go to SNL. Yeah. And now Jesse Case, who's a very, very funny comic. Oh, cool. Who you might not have met yet, but it's worth Not yet, out. no. Sounds familiar. And then I think, like, yeah. Okay, so check out that podcast. Please do. You stole yeah. my idea, but you already were doing the idea, so you didn't steal it. Yeah. But one, now one I got this will one. Happen, I'll have all of the ideas in my utopia <laughs> <laughs> before anyone else. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it.
That was a high five. All right, and that was the episode with Matt Kirshen. Uh, you guys got to hear it here first. He almost blew his own mind and became a, a religious Christian just from thinking so much about building his own utopia. That was very fun. Matt, thanks so much for doing the podcast. You're a great, hilarious man. We had a fun time. And if you guys want to uh, follow him on Twitter, do that. Find out what he's uh, what he's got going on. He is... Matt Kirshen, just at Matt Kirshen on Twitter. Yeah, he gets stand-up updates, TV updates, all that stuff. Uh, follow us, of course, at Utopia to Me on Twitter and uh, tweet about us. The uh, Utopia to Me is new-ish, so Twitter, we, we're not rocked with followers, and I want more. Okay, right now, as I say this, we're just we're at 258 followers. That's pathetic. I'm losing my mind. Can't you just make it an even 300? Tell everybody to follow us at Utopia to Me and keep spreading. I know we have a lot of listeners. It's nice. You guys are awesome. I check the stats, but follow us on Twitter. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. Just kidding. I'm not really mad, but do it. And then follow me at Chris Lock Fun and, uh, for more stand-up updates and tours and stuff like that. And you guys are awesome. And thanks again, Matt. And uh, you know what? That's it for this one. Episode 29. We've got a few more amazing episodes coming up soon that I'm really excited about too. So uh, look out for those. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your pants wherever they are around your waist. Thank you.